0: This is Integrating Technology, episode 48. This is Integrating Technology, episode 48. My name is Patrick Murray. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have a repeat guest, A.J. Thompson, who was previously on episode 35, where he was still employed by an AV integrator. And since then, he has struck out and formed a new company that offers a cloud-driven solution. And that just happens to be the name of the company as well. ClouddrivenSolutions.com. I think he's found... Quite an interesting niche providing meeting and agenda management and a voting system to municipalities. We get into what it's like working in a niche like that. And he talks about how this cloud solution can be layered on top of traditional control systems. So integrators can still work with equipment that's familiar to them and end users get to take advantage of the benefits of His cloud based system. He also talks about how scaling was one of the biggest challenges he had bringing this product to market and some predictions about where AV control may go in the future. We recorded this episode a few months ago, and unfortunately, I'm just getting around to releasing it now here on November 22nd, 2021, just a few days before all the crazy Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales start. And we figured, why not? Let's also offer a discount over that weekend as well for the Learn AV Programming website. From Black Friday until the end of the month, until November 30th, there'll be a 40% discount on all the courses or the AV membership, which will give you access to every course on LearnAVProgramming.com. The latest course released is uh, HTML5 Foundations, which shows you how to use HTML, CSS, JavaScript to create a HTML control interface that runs anywhere. You could run it on a tablet, a laptop, a phone. And many AV manufacturers are moving in the direction of using HTML5 for user interfaces anyway. And this course gives you a great unfiltered view, a good foundation of those base technologies that everybody uses. And it'll give you a great head start on understanding exactly what is going on behind the scenes of any HTML framework. So, if you've been on the fence about enrolling in any of the courses at LearnAVProgramming.com, this is a great opportunity to start learning a new technology at a great price. All right, on with the interview. AJ, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm gonna have to find out when you were last on the on the podcast here. I, th- I think we're almost at exactly two years. I think. Has it? Okay, I'll find out what episode in a so. minute. But um, yeah, so this is kind of a catch-up uh, to see where you've gone, You know how, how your, your journey with software, moving out of the proprietary AV world, where it's brought you. So maybe you could highlight us over a minute or two, what the last two years have been like for you.
1: Yeah, so in the past few years, I have uh, since left the uh, AV programming, market, commercial dealer aspect. I've Started my own company. The company's called Cloud Driven Solutions. Um, it's funny when I first started the company, we kind of had this idea of, you know, building custom solutions for uh, AV dealers and apps and things like this. And and ultimately, what I realized was it's 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 really best for the company to build solutions instead of getting you know instead of building customized things. So. What we do now um, is we build uh, meeting and agenda management solutions that fill a big gap uh, from what we found in the AV industry. Um, And we are first of its kind to essentially build a cloud-native solution that can also control any AV equipment. There's no uh, manufacturer proprietary type thing Uh, we can control. Um, anything that you desire by simply extending our software's capabilities into what a typical AV dealer is used to, right? A Crestron system, uh, AMX, Extron, Qsys, you name it. Um, we can uh, we can do that. So uh, that's that's what the past few years have been like. Um, it's been crazy. Uh, we we have signed on with a uh, a distributor, and our software uh, is now available. Uh, nationwide within the United States. And we are really pushing hard uh, to try and educate AV dealers on how this type of solution works.
0: Very cool. Um, so in a in a minute, I'd like to go over, you know, more of the, the design decisions you made and what the actual setup looks mm-hmm. like, because we like to talk tech on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. But, I'm, a, I'm a tech lover, so. Right. <laughs> but, you know, We don't get to play with the technology unless we got some business going on. So I'm curious a bit about the transition you were talking about. You were an integrator or you were working for an integrator on projects. And I see here it's episode 35 was the last uh, time you were on. Yeah. And um, so and now you have a product. And yep. I think software so all the possibilities of software and it's very attractive to say you know what I'm going to turn this thing into a product instead of just doing projects every time. So maybe you could talk a bit about that decision was it was it a obvious decision for you or was there anything that actually pushed you over the edge to make a product instead of doing custom every time? It was kind of an obvious decision, right? Cuz I I essentially started
1: with, you know, kind of a a prototype. And then uh, the first iteration of our solution was tied to Crestron, right? You had to have a Crestron processor, Crestron touchscreen, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And um, as I started looking more and more into it, I realized, you know, how handcuffed that was making me, which is when we went full full cloud native. now for those who don't understand what cloud native means, it doesn't mean it runs in the cloud cloud native essentially means how the software runs, not where the software runs. Um, so we can essentially run it on um, any hardware because of our, uh, delivery system that that deploys all the stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I saw that the more and more eyes that we got on the software, um, that, that there was really a viable product there, right? We we would show it to, um, you know, microphone manufacturers, to broadcast manufacturers, um, to, uh, you know, other cities and things around here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And the consensus was, wow, you're really on to something. Um, so about March of last year, uh, I formed the company. And um, the first actual Deployment of our of our full solution went out uh, September of last year, and then the beginning of this year we just went full bore and signed a distributorship, and now here we go.
0: So, if you had to uh, put your finger on one thing that uh, really sets it apart, what you're doing, you know, what makes it more special than a, a control system? I know that from a developer standpoint, you're the one writing the software. You have a lot of freedom because you're not bound to somebody else's proprietary. <laughs> platform but what what what's attracting distributors dealers and users what what's the special thing
1: so what what we provide is something that really hasn't existed in the AV dealer space right we're essentially a tool a software tool that affects the daily operations of clients right when you as a typical A B dealer, sell you know like a, a, a room solution, like a training room or a conference room or whatever. You, that's that's it, right? You're just selling them a training room, a conference room, whatever. Our software literally affects daily operations. Give um, me an example. It is a so they create their agendas, right? So their their city councils, their planning and zoning, their um, parks and rec, right? All these departments within a an entity have to build agendas that they have to manage the workflow on. Um, it has to be publicly available. They have to vote on the items uh, and record all that data. They have to do all
0: those things. So it sounds like y- you've got a solution that's targeted at a niche of, of uh, local government. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's uh, targeted at uh, local government,
1: uh, county government, state government. Um, it also works with school districts. Um, so really, any governing body, essentially. And as you start to uncover, you realize, wow, well, there's a lot of those.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. no, it's it's a great market. I just wanted to highlight that because um, I think that's one of the things about software is you could do so much, but you have to make a business out of it, and you can't be everything to everyone. and finding the kinds of verticals that have very specific needs, like voting, for example. that's a feature. That may not exist in a normal conferencing system, but it's absolutely critical to this market that you're serving yeah, and that's i mean it's it's very it's very niche, but there was a clear
1: a clear gap and and you know the it just took the the right frame of mind to kind of build something um, and you know it's it's really drawing a lot of uh, of attention, especially with other providers, so other software providers, other hardware providers. You know, really, what we're trying to do is make it as as easy as possible for someone to use while bringing in all these other technologies that used to sit on their own island.
0: So, I could like set up an AV system, do the install, and then what you're providing is tools for the end user. To kind of automate their workflow on top of the installed system,
1: right? Yeah, so we we really provide tools for the for the AV dealer, right? They sell our software into uh, a city or, or a government entity. We can provide uh, in meeting voting, um, in meeting uh, microphone control, uh, in meeting speaker timers, all those things. But how's the control uh, happen? Because
0: Is it over a touch panel? So it's automated calendar. It's it's all it's
1: it's it's, it's any web-enabled device, right? We're cloud native, so any web-enabled device you want—you want, you want it to be a computer with a touchscreen, you want it to be a laptop, you want it to be an iPad. Uh, we just announced um, BrightSign support uh, because one of the the struggles that we found in presenting it to AV dealers was they had a hard time grasping web-enabled device, right? Because you've been trained into if you want to use something, you need a touchscreen, you need a Crestron touch touchscreen right? That's, that's the way they thought. So we found that transition very hard. So we, we ran into a lot of struggles where they would say, okay, well, we want to put your software in in this council chamber. Um, you know, do we need, what do we need? Do we need Crestron DGEs or touchscreen? Do we need 10-inch TSWs? I said, no, 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 no. You don't use Crestron. It's any web-enabled device. And the response we'd always get back was, well, then how do they use it? And I'm like, well, any web-enabled device. Just just put a laptop in or something. So that's really why we went with uh, Bright Sign because we can provide a script that essentially turns a Bright Sign um, into what an AV dealer would be used to right? a traditional touchscreen. screen. Um, it doesn't require any extra work on their end. Uh, it essentially just it just works. Um, but how the how the uh, the actual AV control works is. Right. So it's funny. Uh, I was listening to your last episode, and uh, you mentioned something about, oh, crap, I can't do TCP control through a browser. Uh, correct. No, you can't. <laughs> um, so uh, essentially what we've done is we've built um, an edge controller, uh, which is a, a little black box. Uh, don't, don't worry. It's not, you know, it's not like a crest round black box. Um, it's a little black box that sits on the local network. Uh, essentially emits commands, right? So out of the box, we provide you uh, two TCP ports. So you go into our software, you enter the IP address of whatever process you're using, and uh, there's two TCP ports. And essentially on the AV side, you create two TCP servers, and one our software will connect to you, and it'll just start sending you strings of what's happening in our software. So what that allows is now for you as an AV dealer to provide a customized in-meeting solution uh, with very minimal effort on your part, right? Our software, they're using our software. They're using our software to start meetings, stop meetings, choose agendas, turn mics on and off, start and end votes, all that. And all you really have to do is listen for strings coming from our software and do whatever you want to do, right? So like, say you get a string that says mic one on. So in your software, you say, oh, turn mic one on. You might get one says turn mic one off, turn mic one off. Very basic ASCII commands, right? We're not doing any complex uh, hex or anything like that. It's just straight up ASCII commands. Um,
0: So we could look at this as kind of modularizing or, you know, breaking out the different tasks, almost like front end and back end. In the web, the front end people do all the graphics and the stuff you see and the back end, people are working on the server, doing all sorts of complex stuff in, in the back end. So the AV system would be like the back end where you're integrating the systems together and you're kind of doing a front end, but it's more than just a touch panel. It's it's also a way for, say, a technology manager or whoever's working with the system on a day-to-day basis to have some kind of a visualization, visualization of the system as well. Is that... Um, yeah. kind of accurate so you could have like a separate a- two separate av companies one doing your thing and the other having an installed system or even a legacy system you could kind of connect with
1: correct yeah that's i mean you know uh we actually just i just received uh, a module uh, so we had a module built for crestron specifically um i received that this morning um and in the discussions with that you know he had asked well do you want to build Websocket implementations in?" and i said no um, the reason I stuck with TCP was so that we could be completely manufacturer agnostic, right? So if I built in WebSocket support for AV systems, now I've just eliminated support for a lot of other AV companies. Um, by sticking with TCP, you know you can use Crestron AMX, you can use whatever. So there's a very very specific on why we, we chose that path, right? Because we want the AV dealer to be able to install our software and then use that as a building block to upsell them on other things, right? And we're talking way more than just microphones and things like that. We're talking broadcasts, we're talking you know, video rap, we're talking the whole aspect and literally all they have to do is listen for a stream from our software. Um, and then we took it a notch further um, and we built the ability for AB dealers to put custom buttons in our uh, software. So they can actually um, say they want a custom button, they can name the button whatever they want, and they can give it whatever ASCII command that they want. Um, and that will get sent into the AV system. So now um, implementations for that is, so say, right, the, they've put it into a city council chamber and the person who runs the meeting is like, well, I'd really like to be able to change what's on the displays in the room. Well, instead of them having to go over to the Crestron touch panel to do that, Uh, the AV dealer can enable the custom buttons name, you know, if he needs two or three buttons, you put those in there. And now they can use our software and the AV dealer can utilize those custom buttons to then just trigger it inside the program.
0: Okay. So you've got a fixed user interface and there's uh, an option to add some extra buttons. So you can do some custom stuff. Okay. Let's, let's rewind a bit. And can you tell me what was, what was like the biggest challenge of creating this solution? Biggest technical challenge.
1: Scale. Hands down scale. Um, you know, it's once you get into this market, right? Proof of concept is fairly easy. You can, you know, once I mean I'm fairly easy. I've been doing this for two or three years now. Um, but building a concept, building a design, uh, getting it up and running on your local machine. You know, that's 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 the easy part. The hard part becomes taking it and moving it from proof of concept to a viable product that you can sell that can scale, right? You know, we can't I couldn't build something and say it supports eight people. I had to build something, you know, we deal with uh,
0: some cities that have fifty plus people in a meeting, right? I had to build it to scale. So you, you, when you talk about scale, you've got different components, right? You've got this edge device, and you obviously have something running in the cloud as well. Both of those had scaling issues that need to be addressed, or was it just the, the cloud software?
1: Uh, really, it's it's our core software that had to be able to scale. Um, the edge device literally just just is just a it just sends commands to the AV system. It's, there's no. Um, there's no scale needs on it. The only thing that we had to make sure and build, though, was uh, say it's a large city. Well, we had to be able to build in the ability for multiple edge devices. Um, so uh, that was the, the scaling aspect on that. And then, you know, the then once you get into that, right now, now it's a viable product. Now we're getting ready to put it into the market. So then um, became the decision time on okay, well, how do we support these things? Um, so we actually uh, then built um, a, a, a cloud portal that is internal to our company that monitors all of our deployments. So we see what version it's running on. Last time it's been registered. Uh, we see any of the settings that they've made inside of it. So say an end user is like, oh, this this is doing something weird or whatever. We can actually go into the device and say, oh, well, you change the setting and fix it for them. Um, so we have complete remote management of, of every deployment that goes out. Um, you know, the 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 goal with all of this was to make it as easy as possible for a navy dealer, right? I'm not trying to make more work for them. I'm trying to give them a self tool uh to 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 go into markets that they may have never had the chance to go into. Um, you know, the we handle the support, we handle uh, the training of of all of it. Um you know, it's really uh, in the end of the day, it's just just a tool that allows them to to sell more uh, things, build custom solutions and, and really just you know make customers happy at the end of the day.
0: I, I like that, that point that um, because you're in this niche market that you're very familiar with and you have features that serve that type of user, um, an integrator that may not work in that space can use a solution like this to get a foot in and not really have to do too much heavy lifting to provide all those features that they need. You know, I'm sure like a voting system is not a simple thing to just program <laughs> a short yeah. amount of yeah. time. So it's nice to have a, a product that you could offer and kind of get into that space. Exactly. It's, it's, it's nice, one, right? Because they don't have to worry about any
1: of that stuff. They just have to know when
0: it comes to like the room controls
1: and stuff, and we've made it as easy as humanly possible.
0: Can we circle back to the scaling issue? Um, so sure. how, how did you solve that? What, what was the end solution? Do you have any interesting stories about how you came up with a way to scale your, your DevOps? Boy, how do I how do I layman's turn? Uh I'll just say that.
1: Uh, when it comes time to scale, um, you, you just get ready because things are going to feel very overwhelming. Um, you know, it's it's when it comes time to scale, you have lots of things to look at, especially when it comes from cloud infrastructure. You know, you have horizontal and vertical scaling. You have you have uh, your DevOps with continuous integration, continuous delivery, uh, version tagging. Yeah, I mean, you name it. Um, you know, things become very very in-depth uh, and not to mention the fact especially when you're dealing with databases and replications snapshots and um yeah it, things get very very crazy and you know that's that's really why i think in the in the av space um you're going to really i, I think from an av dealer standpoint you really want to uh find companies like ours that that take care of these solutions for you um, i i think that you know asking an av dealer to build uh, a, a web interface to control an av system i think it's asking a lot uh, there's a massive deep learning curve right making a web making a, a, a website to control an av system is a lot more involved than just writing an HTML file and some CSS. Um, you know, there's, there's, especially, you know, when you get into finding limitations of things and then trying to figure out WebSockets and trying to do all this stuff. I mean, it's asking a lot from an AV dealer standpoint. And I, I really think that, you know, you're going to start seeing um, more companies like ours where it's a company that finds a, a niche and, and starts to develop on top of that, right? I think it's only a matter of time until you see um, uh, an open source control solution, right? I think uh, I think it's not far off to, to, or far-fetched to say that there's going to be some kind of JavaScript uh, framework that is designed for AV systems. Um, and, I mean, I, I, I've toyed with it building it myself Um, because essentially we have one but it's not open source and I'm not giving it to anybody Um, but you know uh, I I think that you're going to start seeing those things right you're going to start seeing uh, 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 an an AV control solution written in JavaScript that runs on any box Uh, especially once you know uh, these companies will start building these things in a manner that, that make it very easy for an AV dealer to deploy, especially with a lot of the, the new features that are coming from uh, a company called Docker, um, you're going to start seeing some very advanced things coming in probably the next two or three years that I think is really going to force the hands of the the big box names, right? They, they're going to have to... There's going to have to be a breaking point. They can't keep trying to adapt web into existing infrastructures. At some point they're gonna to have to, to, to transition.
0: It'll certainly be interesting. I, I expect it to be like what you were describing where the niches are, are served by particular companies instead of this, you know, we could do anything kind of an attitude. I, I really expect, um, because software is so powerful, you have to kind of choose your market and serve them. Um, I'm not sure about devices. There's a, things running anywhere. There's a reason why I changed the name of the podcast. Uh, I was all you know excited about software defines and software can run anywhere, but I'll be honest. I ran into a lot of issues in the field with running things on virtual machines that I don't have control of or any kind of an OS where you don't have complete control over the thing. You could get into trouble. It's hard to maintain. Um, So you could get something running and then go update the OS and it doesn't come back to life. Uh, With Docker, you don't have those issues, like you mentioned, but like going to a customer and saying, we'll use your VM, I would approach that with a lot of trepidation and put a lot of clauses in that offer because... You are totally dependent on their IT. Yeah, we've 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 been approached with that several times, and our answer has always been
1: no. Yeah, we we will not
0: we will not deploy on your server. <laughs> yeah, in, in real life, in praxis, you know, you're just you're putting too much too much control in somebody else's hand. You know, we we had a, an IT guy change something and then go on vacation for six weeks, and the system did not work, and he was the only guy to <laughs> fix it. Just as a little example. Yeah, so that's why I changed. If, if we do
1: have if we do have someone who's who's worried about that, right? They they like, no, we don't do cloud here. Then you know, uh, the beauty of our solution is we can deliver an on prem solution with. We sell our own server as well, um, so we have a server that can sit on prem um, if if they want. Uh, at which point, it then uses this uh, hybrid solution. So. Uh, The one thing that I also forgot to mention about our software is, um, because we're cloud native, we are the only software provider, and this is very shocking, what I'm going to tell you this, uh, we are the only agenda and meeting management software in the market that allows people to vote in real time from anywhere. Um, None of the other big players in the market can do it, which is just insanely shocking. But... Um, so we are, the, we are the only one that can do that, right? So um, especially in, in this time of COVID, it was, it was very big for us because you may have two or three people uh, in the room and then three or four people at home. And with our software, they're all working in the meeting and voting and requesting to speak and everything as if they're all sitting in the same room. There is no difference as to where they sit. Uh, that is one aspect of our software that, that uh, other agenda platforms do not provide whatsoever.
0: Excellent. Sounds like you uh, stumbled onto something uh, quite valuable there. Uh, you know, it was kind of one of those. Um, I won't say exactly how we do it, but um, you know, it's just like using Discord or Slack or anything like that. I mean, yeah, it's nothing more than that same type of technology. Usually, I find the the concepts are easy to solve these, um, these problems, but there's a lot of work that goes into making it stable and secure and actually fulfilling exactly what the customer needs. Yeah, you really have to um,
1: proceed with scope containment. Uh, if you just If you just let your mind run with idea after idea after idea after idea, you'll you'll just end up drowning Um, because, you know, you'll never have a point of a deliverable product. Um, So, you know, I've very defiantly scope everything into specific version releases so that, you know, if someone comes to me with an idea, you know, I will, you know, for sure implement it but I have to scope contain that into where it fits in the progression of our software.
0: That seems to be the, the topic of this podcast today is finding and defining a niche and uh, defining what they need and, and not being everything to everyone. Yes. Do you have any final thoughts or advice for us? Um, final thoughts. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I really just want to
1: say that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great, you know, still being a part, of the A B industry um and, and really building something that I think is going to benefit a lot of A V dealers out there. You know, we're 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 really striving to be a tool to help you succeed and to bring in more business for you while providing your end users a solution that A, they probably never knew existed, and B, once they have it in their hands will realize just how um, beneficial it is to them, you know we 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 strive hard to do things that, that really just don't exist and we're constantly building out partnerships with other uh, software and hardware providers. Uh, you know so it, you know reach out to uh, our distributor uh, for our software is jbna. so they're based out of the United States. Um, many AV dealers will know who that is. Um, if you don't use JVNA, you can reach out uh, to me uh, at my email address, which is ajthompson at clouddrivensolutions.com. Um, we're more than happy to answer any questions for you. Uh, our our demos of our software are completely interactive, so um, you know when we when we give demonstrations, it's it's real life. There's no smoke and mirrors. There's none of that stuff. So um, you know, we're definitely definitely check us out and you know, we're, we're hoping to make a big, a big disrupt in the uh, AV industry and, and help bring more cloud native type
0: things into the industry. All right. Thanks a lot, AJ. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for listening to Integrating Technology. If you have a moment, please consider going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. It really does help other AV professionals find us in the podcast world. Thanks. HTML5. The web browser is finally getting some attention in the AV systems integration market. And I say finally because I believe that the web browser is the most underutilized, undervalued, underappreciated technology of the past few decades. When you think of a browser, you think of going to websites. But actually, the web browser is a platform to run all different kinds of programs, including AV control and you don't need an internet connection. I'm in the middle of putting together some material to explain exactly how an AV user interface with HTML5 would work, and to clear up some misconceptions about how to do it. And it's not easy. Learning a new programming language always has a learning curve, but using HTML5 in,